Listener Production. US stocks give up yesterday's gains as investors nervously look ahead to a key speech from Jerome Powell. And Aussie shares expected to end the week lower ahead of key earnings from Wes Farmers. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Friday the 25th of August. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, I've got a hypothetical for you. Right? Yes, You're Tom. at Jackson Hole Airport. Yeah. Looking out at the Grand Teton mountain range. You're waiting for your bag to arrive at the baggage carousel. You look to your left. Jerome Powell's there. You strike up a conversation. What do you ask him? I would ask him how long he intends to keep rates higher for longer. Perfect. That's, I think, an encapsulation of the sentiment at the moment for markets. It's that simple, really, isn't it? And whether there's more rate increases ahead. Yeah. I suppose, you know, in the central bank landscape, the Jackson Hole Symposium is the marquee event of the summer for central banks in the Northern Hemisphere. This resets the conversation or recalibrates the conversation A lot is made of it. It is quite important, but um, really there should be no reason for the central bank to depart from their recent mantra, which they've been pretty clear on. Well, we're expecting a balanced assessment, Tom, and there'll be no abrupt hawkishness in our view, but certainly no mission accomplished Tom Cruise style when it comes to inflation. So (laughs) I think that was George W. Bush. Who famously? Oh, did he really? No, okay. Well, words. the yeah. Fed has not come this far to let inflation slip out of its grasp, really. So, I think that the big focus tonight will be talk of data dependency. So, there was a survey done overnight from 22V Research. Never heard of them before, but they came out and they surveyed people on their expectations around Powell's speech tonight. 78% think that he'll focus on data dependency. So, as the economic data evolves, particularly inflation and and employment-related data, that will determine the outcome as far as the path for interest rates are concerned. The next popular choice was financial conditions, which received 12%. And of course, we have seen a tightening of financial conditions with market bond yields lifting recently. And then at the same time, 21% expect the market reaction will be potentially risk off. 43% bet it will be mixed and 37% expecting a risk-on response. So uh, quite varied outcomes potentially there, Tom. I suppose, you know, again, just to simplify it for the average person who's trying to get their head around this, you know, the data dependency is the essence of it because in recent times there was a sense that the US economy was holding up very nicely. As, As recently as a day ago, we saw a whole range of weaker PMI figures, those monthly figures that the markets look at carefully as a barometer of economic activity, they were a lot weaker. That's probably what's thrown the cat amongst the pigeons, really. That's why we saw that move lower for long and short-term interest rates a day ago. That's uh, reversed a little bit overnight. So as to how critical this speech is, I mean, sometimes the markets have got a tendency to get a little bit fizzed up about these things. Uh, the, the, the sun will come up on Saturday morning after the speech. That is great for sure. Certainly will. And if you look at what happened last year as a contrast, so last summer at the Jackson Hole speech, Powell adopted a whatever-it-takes attitude to get inflation under control. It was but a vastly different set of circumstances. It was, though, 12 we, we saw inflation around 9% 12 months ago, and he borrowed Fed Chief Paul Volcker. His remarks really focused on that kind of inflationary hawkishness. And we did see the S&P 500 down the day after Jackson Hole, or around the day of Jackson Hole by around 3.4%. So it was quite a significant sell-off. But of course, this time, 
is probably going to invoke former Fed Chair Alan Greenspan, who's one of the few central bank heads to have successfully managed to engineer a soft landing, which is what we're trying to achieve here in the United States and amongst other global economies, whereby interest rates are higher, we get inflation under control, and the economy is not in recession, and we preserve as many jobs as we can. Well, it's interesting that you refer to Paul Volcker because uh, he was the Fed chairman who instigated the symposium in Jackson Hole. And the reason that he chose that neck of the woods is because he was a famous trout fisherman and he thought, well, after we have this yarn, I'm going to go and uh, wet a line and uh, catch a nice brown trout. So um, in terms of how the markets have performed overnight, the general trend has been for stocks to move lower and for interest rates to move higher. So almost the direct opposite of what we saw a day earlier. On Wall Street, we saw the markets drift lower after some modest improvements in the early part of the session. The Dow Jones at its best was up by two-thirds of a percent. It finished uh, around its lows down by 1.1%. Similarly, the S&P 500 at its best was up by a half of 1%, ended uh, close to its lows with a loss of 1.4%. The NASDAQ uh, down by 1.9%. That's the area uh, that has been nobbled the most, Ryan. Uh, tech stocks, geez, they've been on fire the last couple of days. Uh, the big outcome yesterday, we, we talked about this NVIDIA, that probably stood out. It was up by as much as 10% in after hours trade. It went a little bit from rooster to feather dusted during the day session though. Well, it did. Its shares reached an all-time high after the company reported quarterly earnings and revenue that exceeded lofty analyst expectations. The company also raised its guidance with executives predicting third quarter revenue would climb to a whopping $16 billion US dollars or a year-over-year increase of 170%, which is eye-watering. The stock closed up just 0.1% with the broader tech sector under pressure, Tom. We did see shares of Amazon down 1.8%, Apple declined 1.9%, Netflix shed 3.8%. We also saw significant losses for chip-making rivals or peers to NVIDIA, including advanced micro-devices and Intel. They were down by up to 7%. Yes, advanced micro-devices was down 7%, Intel down 4%, applied materials down 3%. You see numbers like that, and it's not surprising that you see the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index lower as well. So this is an important gauge in terms of how those chip makers and technology stocks are performing. The uh, SOX, as it's referred to, is down by 3%. So interestingly, Ryan, you know, I often talk about my, my fondness for picking out divergence. So notwithstanding all of the conversation around uh, chips and the stocks moving higher, in that sector, the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index is down 12% since the end of July. So, you know, for the moment, the heat seems to be coming out of that, some profit taking. So that's important to know. Um, and it'll be interesting to see once all of these numbers are digested, you know, to what extent does that index continue to, to normalize a little bit or uh, does it consolidate and move higher? Well, certainly if you look at the numbers from NVIDIA, they were great numbers, they were blow-away numbers, but the market are really priced Was those expecting in, that. Yeah. And they were expecting it. So we've had a big run as far as that part of the market's concerned. So as you mentioned, it's time to take a little bit of profit as the Fed potentially throws some cold water on it as well, Tom. Worth pointing out last night that there was some economic news that was in line with what we've seen in the last day with those weaker uh, PMI figures, those weaker manufacturing numbers that was reflected in the durable goods orders, Ryan, which sort of was a little bit of a damp blanket in itself. 
Well, we did see durable goods orders fall by 5.2% in July. That was worse than expected. Thursday's durable goods orders report suggests companies are beginning to temper their spending plans. So the durable goods orders report is all about business investment and spending, and that's against a backdrop of high capital costs, tighter lending standards. We're seeing export markets under pressure with China and lingering concerns about the US economic outlook. So business investment, however, is coming off the strongest quarterly advance in more than a year in the previous quarter, and that contributed to a half a percentage point to the 2.4% increase in GDP in that quarter. So Look, coming one, off those levels. Yeah, one of the reasons I like durable goods orders is that they uh, cast a very wide net. So, you know, it can in- include, you know, fridges and household equipment. It can actually include aircraft carriers as well that the uh, Navy orders. So that's why you look very closely under the bonnet of these numbers, transports was one of the big reasons that these numbers had fallen. That measure was down by more than 14%. And that's because in recent numbers, you have seen big aircraft orders for civilian aircraft coming through. And that moderation in the last month has been reflected in those figures. And to your point, a perfect example of business investment. There could be no grander example than uh, ponying up all those dollars for a nice big jet plane, which brings us to the next story of the session, which was Boeing, down 4%. They've said that there's a component regulates the cabin pressure and the component makers drilled holes in the wrong direction or in the uh, wrong place. Well, that's a little bit of... It's not reassuring. Human error, isn't it? It's like when it comes to, uh, when it comes to planes, you want holes in precisely the right place. So anyway, the bottom line is Boeing shares down 4% this session... Uh, they're down by about 10% since the end of July. But Spirit Aerosystems, who is, uh, they are one of the world's largest equip- equipment makers when it comes to planes. They uh, make uh, parts for Boeing and Airbus that generates about 80% of their revenue. Um, this this stock um, has had a bad day. It's down 18%. And it wasn't the only stock that had a bad day, Tom. We also saw retailer Dollar Tree. Yes, its, sh- its shares were down around 13% after it forecast annual profit below estimates. So this really does point in the direction where we have seen mixed retail outcomes this week. So a lot of those big box retailers have announced results, very mixed outcomes across the board there. So that does point to some weakness in the US consumer. Let's reflect on uh, the fortunes of what we might expect locally today. There is not another big procession of earnings figures. The futures at this stage are pointing to a sizable decline, I must say, Ryan, down by 1.3%. It must be said that we've had some pretty constructive days over the course of uh, this week. These will be challenged in the early part of trade and doubtless the atmosphere ahead of Jackson Hole will sort of reveal the character of the market this afternoon. So that's worth looking out for. What do you think? Well, I think certainly the commodity space will be an interesting one today. So we did see broadly flat outcomes as far as the oil market was concerned. So the US oil nomics price was up 0.2% to 79.05 US dollars a barrel. So some cautiousness there ahead of Jackson Hole. We saw gold futures down by just 0.1% to 1947.10 US dollars an ounce, but iron ore continues to lift up 0.3% to 107.82 US dollars a tonne. So 
It's broadly at its highest level in a month now on expectations that Chinese steel mills will increase operating rates moving into what is traditionally a busier construction season. So we could see some support there for the iron ore miners in the Aussie share market today. But broadly, what I'm focused on today is Wes Farmers, who is a conglomerate with a lot of impact as far as the Australian retailer is concerned or the consumer and its share price will be under the spotlight today as the company reports its financial year 23 result. It's one of the largest retailers in Australia. The market will be paying close attention to how things are going for businesses like Bunnings, Kmart, Target and Officeworks. Wes Farmers retail businesses will be closely watched amid rising operating costs, Tom. It's e-commerce unit catch.com.au. You probably bought some Stan Smiths from them recently has cut its headcount by over a third, while margins might improve at discount department store brand Kmart as it consolidates with sister brand Target. Hardware chain Bunnings could get a boost now that the housing market appears to be stabilising in Australia and the industrial unit has potential for further growth along with commodity demand. Also, West Farmers is expanding its healthcare sector division amongst strong tailwinds. So its net capital expenditure will be closely watched as higher interest rates could raise debt-related costs. The revenue is estimated to come in at $43 billion, Tom. The business is expected to report that it generated earnings per share of $2.15 and pay an annual dividend per share of $1.83 with a forecast dividend yield of 5.3%. Comprehensive as always, Ryan. So Wes Farmers, I think you could reasonably describe as a bellwether stock, which is a reflection of the broader economy. Again, casts a wide net in terms of the footprint of its operations. So anything from retail to chemical production, its uh, management of Bunnings has been nothing short of heroic, the way that they can uh, get a return on capital uh, in that business in particular is nothing short of mind-blowing. So this is probably one of the under-celebrated names when it comes to the reporting season. You know, Yesterday, you couldn't look at a periodical without Qantas being plastered all over the front of it. Fair enough. But, you know, Wes Farmers, if Warren Buffett was, you know, keenly focused on the Australian market, this would be the type of organisation that he'd be very interested in. He certainly would be. And as you said, it covers a cross-section of the Aussie economy and the consumers at the forefront of that at the moment. Tom, before we go, I just thought we'd mention whether you're intending to play Jackson Hole Bingo over the weekend. So <laughs> Bloomberg has released a... I'm up for some entertainment on a Friday evening. I bet you are. Glass of scotch and a bit of Jackson Hole Bingo. So oh, I don't like the brown spirits, to be honest. Uh, no, right? not, Just as a guest to know you question. Not your caper. No. So amongst the bingo, there's talks about recession, inflation expectations, whether policy is restrictive or data dependency, financial conditions and term premium, all the good stuff, Tom. I'll let you uh, play with that over the weekend. But before we go, the Aussie dollar has dipped from 64.8 US cents to current levels of 64.15 US cents amid strength in the US dollar. Uh, thanks very much for tuning in today. And uh, indeed, over the course of the week, it's been a delight shooting the breeze with you. Uh, big week end ahead or a big end to the week uh, coming up. Good luck with that. Have a great weekend. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067254399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.